everybody. Uh, this is Bart Sharp, and you are at Becoming Quantum Conscious at United Public Radio Network and UFO Paranormal Parrot Radio Network at 107.7 and 105.3, broadcasting out of the beautiful city of New Orleans, Louisiana, but also we're all over the place, all over the world. We are on the internet uh, with YouTube, Facebook, and uh, as in recent months on Roku. So you can see it's on television and we are all beautiful people here today. So it's all there and we're really glad you're here. And today uh, it's going to be a very special day because I've known this woman for many, many years and she always surprises me. Uh, because she comes from a source that most people aren't from. <laughs> uh, Marika Alvarado, welcome. Uh, Marika is an Apache medicine woman, and uh, she has learned this. You've, as you told me, you learned it at your grandmother's apron strings about what medicine is. Dakote Ende, greetings to all my relations. Um, thank you so much for having me here. This is very different for me. I'm very old and very traditional. So Bart had to drag me over here. Um, so the medicine was handed to me by my grandmother. And that's usually the way the medicine is handed down through the generations of women. And I'm very happy to be here. Yeah. And and uh interesting generations of women and uh when we talk about apache indians we're talking about texas and um the apaches originally i guess came from mexico and were kind of pushed up by the spaniards but well there were nomads so it's not like they lived in one certain space they followed the animal so, mm. and i'm leopan mascalero Okay, and uh, that's that's a lot of it. So could you just tell me some of the things maybe as a child you learned about medicine? Now, Marika goes to um, powwows, uh, Sundance with the Lakota Sioux and travels all over the United States. No? No. <laughs> um, Apaches don't do Sundance. Uh, okay. I just go because I get invited and I'm there just as support as a medicine woman. Okay. Right. A, a technical disagreement there. <laughs> uh, but she is a medicine woman that travels throughout the United right. States. Right. I see. I visit the other tribes and help them with things that are going on. And I also provide some plant medicine for them. Yes. And when we talk about plant medicine, we're talking about all kinds from healings. Uh, as Marika has told me, you know, you'll find all your medicines in your backyard. Uh, in other words, you should be paying attention. Yes. I, you know, I try to teach. I do have a school and it's an online school. It's um, you can visit my website of the earth healing.org. And I try to educate my young people to understand that anywhere they're walking, it's looking out and knowing that this is your food and your medicine. So it's like looking at a grocery store. And knowing that you can survive and take care of our families with all of this that's out there. 
Yes, and, and this is so much about what Marika teaches in classes and various things is some of the medicines of plants that are everywhere, and, and plant medicine is a popular term these days amongst uh, younger people, but we're talking about plant medicine that is for health and for well-being and for good spirit and these type of things. Um, so, so that's where we're coming from. And Marika's worked with thousands of people over the years. Yes. And I think the beautiful part is I'm excited that I do work with different hospitals in Austin, Texas, and they're finally are acknowledging that people still come to see us. And then there's the question is why do people see you and not realizing that culturally, uh, whether it's the Hispanic community, Muslim community, they will look for a traditional healer because they understand that, yes, you can go and get Western medicine, but then how do we continue taking care of the health of the emotion and everything else that goes with it? And so to me, that's really important. I was asked to be one of the speakers for IamForUs.org. And they're a wonderful organization that's about integrative medicine, about helping low-income um, people help get medical help and things like that. And to me, it's really important that we close that gap that we have and understand what that looks like. And there's been so many people creating that and working with that and saying, we're still here. We still do a lot of our ceremonies, our blessings. You know, because that's what I do. I do the birthing ceremonies, death ceremonies, um, you know, coming of age ceremonies and things like that. And but we still also need Western medications because mm -hmm. we don't have a healthy diet. And, you know, I, I can say for myself, I don't eat as well as I should. And, but there's beautiful books out there that you could read that brings up a little bit about understanding, you know, there was a, a book called uh, The Scalpel and the Silver Bear. Yeah, let's hold this up a little closer. Yeah. I'll hold this up while you talk. Okay. What's this about her? Okay. And so this particular doctor is talking about culturally how we can work together in the Western world. Because, you know, like I said, I was raised very traditional. My father was always quick to remind us that we live in three worlds. We live in the three white worlds. Yes. We live in the white man's world. We live in our own cultural world. And then we live in the dream world. Because a lot of times we cannot physically heal people in the physical world. So we have to go into the dream world to be able to help these people. So would that be... Uh doing more shamanic work with people? Well, I don't know what the word shamanic really means as I'm, far I'm as we've been taught. I'm setting her up taught, with this, by the way. I know, <laughs> <laughs> because we feel that word was created. Um, and so anyway, we, we don't have the traditional shamans come from Central America. And so we have holy people, we have, you know, medicine people, but we don't have really shamans. And so to us, it's about learning how to do the healing in the dream world. And I also talk a little bit about that in my classes too. So, so 
could you just share a little bit about what that is? And and, and I'll just before <clears throat> you think about this, about what's how do you do that and how can you tell this to the audience? And and you know, this is people all over the world and and one of the biggest audiences is in um, Israel. And we just send, as you've told me, we send medicine to these people through our hearts of goodwill to all of what's going on over there. Uh, just just to say that out, because a lot of people do listen from Israel to this particular show. Oh, my goodness. Uh, so my prayers bring it strength. out to you, folks. So as you. As, okay. Yeah. So what is how do you how do you go into the dream world to help people? Um, so it would be, say, having a consultation with you. We could have a consultation, talk about what's going on. Sometimes it can be a, you know, hypothetically, it could be an issue with a parent. You know, um, maybe they don't agree with your life and you're having a hard time finding that peace. And so to us, it's about going into the dream world. And so there's certain plants that we can take to that I would give you and say, okay, now this is the time frame. I'm going to want you to do this and take all of these plants as a nice herbal tea and then go to sleep. And I will be joining you at that same time frame and helping you go through this journey together and knowing where level of the dream world you need to be. And so that way you can confront your mother and talk about everything right there, right there. Because to us, the dream world is, it's about perception. It's things that haven't quite created yet. And so we're working with perception is the creation of the thought, the feel, the emotion. So the dreams are actually working to resolve the issues you can't resolve and you are helping those dreams move along and resolve right and so and then knowing that this is where you're handling all the situation because maybe in the physical world you know we become combative or whatever the situation and before you know it, we're not listening but here in the dream world we're listening to each other and how to start doing that healing work right there wow that's a wonderful story. And we just wanted to, I just wanted to say that those who, who are out there listening and you're able to interact, please join the chat. If you have questions for Marika, we're uh, lovely to uh, be lovely for you to send a question. Uh, and, uh, you know, we'll just use her expertise because she always surprises me with different things. I've taken classes in, in there. Some of your classes have been, kind of traditional medicines that you would use or herbal medicines. Right. Because a lot of the medicines that I make or I teach people to make, it's all red path medicine. So the definition to us of the red path is non-alcohol. It's all apple cider base or a vegetable glycerin base or, you know, something like that. Okay. Uh, and, and that's a variety of things that that uh you you refer to i know you always tell me like all the medicines are in your backyard and i grow a lot of cleavers and uh cleavers are this medicine or plant in in texas uh that 
when they dry, they, they, they get these stickers that stick to your uh, hairs on your legs and your pants and your shoestrings and stuff that are really obnoxious. And <laughs> yes, some people call it Velcro plant. Velcro plant. <laughs> and, and when you drink it as a tincture, um, it, it, um, it's really nasty. But it also helps with your allergies in really profound ways. Well, it's wonderful for your lymphatic system. It's really mm. about flushing the body because to us, you know, those are the oceans, the rivers inside of our bodies because we are the, the creation and duplication of the earth. Mm -hmm. And so that's why to us it's important that we're taking care of all these beautiful rivers in our bodies and flushing. Indeed. And, and for me... <laughs> I, I did not like to take cleavers um, and I was suggested many times, but I finally got rid of my allergies and other strategies because I was allergic to white bread uh, and cheese and sugar. I took those pretty much out of my diet. My allergies went away and it's odd. The cleavers quit growing in my yard so much. Mm -hmm. Yes. Right. As I always tell people, plants show up when you need them. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And so uh, really being paying attention and looking at different texts to see where they guide you. It's that's so much of the story. Very much so, because, you know, I and cleavers, you can chop them up and put them in your smoothies if that's a little bit easier, you know. That's one way of doing things. You know, it's like herbal teas. I try to encourage women how important it is for their children to understand what are the teas, what do they taste like, instead of always being a soda or something. And you can be very creative with the teas for children, and that is turn them into popsicles or fun things. So that way it doesn't feel like, well, mm. there must be something wrong with me. Otherwise, I wouldn't be drinking this tea. Wow. That's a good thing to, to know. Um, yeah. And so when you were a child, what were some of the things that you were learning? Well, uh, to just be my grandmother this? would help birth all the women. And so when it was my time to be born, she helped my mother. And so when she did, she realized, OK, this is the one that's going to carry our medicine. And so from there, then they watch the child. Mm -hmm. And so when I turned five years old, I started telling her all the people I was seeing, you know, they had already crossed over. And so my grandmother felt like, OK, she's ready now. And so it's a from there you start teaching the child about the medicine way. So it's not for everybody, but some in generations they do appear. Yes. Yeah. Wow. It's really about listening to what the gift of the child is and giving them allowance. Yes. Oh, definitely. And then knowing how do I help my child achieve that, whatever it is that's coming in. So I do have people that will bring me their children and say, what should my child be doing? And so from there, I usually will work with them and tell them this is what I see for them. Mm. And so you're doing this type of work all the time with people, even today. Yes. Uh, and, uh, I just, for some of you who cannot see us, um, you can contact Marika at Marika, M-A-R-I-K-A, Marika at oftheearthhealing.org. 
That's Marika at OfTheEarthHealing.org. You know, and something that always amazes me uh, about you is this insistency to get these lessons out. And it doesn't matter who you are, what race you are, what is your background. If you would like to learn, you're willing to teach. Yes. And I think to me, it's important. And that was the most difficult part for me in my journey. One, I didn't have daughters. So I knew that my time would come and I didn't want to die and take everything with me. And so to me, that was my prayer. And so when I sat with my elders and said, okay, I need to figure out a way to hand this off. And they would say, well, yes, you can hand off all the plant teachings and stuff and not ceremonial or songs mm -hmm. and because that belongs to the people us and so I felt like okay and so that's how I got help with Dell Medical School helping me put this whole little school together and I'm opening a second school now for just women and doula classes wow you know and because to me it's really important that we understand how the body works and how do we take care of ourselves and how to handle fertility issues with plants, with just as much as we can, a little bit more natural. Yeah. Indeed. Yeah. And it brings, and as we learn about the value of plants, it also brings us around full circle to value the earth. And so the plants can have a. To understand. To right. I think there's a wonderful book called uh, what my plants ate or something like that, I think. And that's really good because our, unfortunately we keep contaminating the earth the way we are. Well then think about what you're really eating. And so I do have talks about uh, parasites because I think it's funny when my young people always come and think they're healthier than I am because they're only vegans or they're only eating organic, but that's how you get more parasite. And so it's really important that we're doing cleanses twice a year that's the way we've always done them, you know, before the winter comes in, doing a good cleanse so that we release parasites and you feel healthier. And then in spring, of course, then you're going to do the next one because we're eating our heavier meals as the winter comes in. And so to me, that's really important. And yeah. I think, as you were mentioning earlier about being able to teach all people and that's one thing my grandmother always taught me. I'm here to be the medicine person. I'm here to be a, a person of service. I belong to the community. I do not belong to my mindset of what I believe. I'm here open without judgment to be of service to you. And so I try to teach my young people this, which they always say they want to be a healer, but then they're very quick to say, well, you know, this and this and this. And it's like, no. You no. have to be sitting there in a good way. And, and it's also spirit guides you in that way. Mm -hmm. I mean, who would have thought you would have been in Dell Medical Center? This is a large hospital in the Austin Metroplex area. And uh, there you are working alongside doctors. and Just an old lady crotchety complaining all the time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But I think to me, that's the beauty of that work. And that's why I work so hard is to open doors for the, the people and keep trying to tell everybody, follow me, follow me. We can keep our ways and we can educate 
how we can continue taking care of ourselves. Yes. And, yeah. and it just reminds me of something that Carl Jung, the great psychologist said, it's that we have to look at the oldest archetypes of our country, whatever country we're from. And so when he traveled to America, you know, and everybody was uh, kind of in this fanfare, this great psychologist, then where did he go? He hung out with the Pueblo and the Navajo. Uh, yeah, the Navajo. Why did I say Pueblo? It's a, that's a house. Well, anyway, yeah, he hung out with them and wanted to know the archetypes in the ancient history because he said, this is the background of who you are, whether you're white, black, or brown. But if you're in America, this is the oldest archetype that holds the power. Uh, I, I really believe this. I mean, uh, of course, I'm one-eighth Indian. I'm Comanche. Uh, we're both Texas-based Indians or both, both tribes spent time in Texas. They were very nomadic. However, it's funny when I go to France and live there, I, I can't get it out of my head that I'm an American Indian. But when I'm in the United States, that doesn't really have this calling for me. But it, what it really tells me is that I'm always connected. I'm, this is always a part of me. And yes, I have a very urban life. So it's... It, mm, it's interesting. Yeah, yes. so I always think of it as like, this is, American Indians are our backbone. Uh, if you are an American, this is the culture that holds so much in place and we never really acknowledge it and for most people never realize it. Well, yeah, I think that's only natural. I mean, our young people don't realize, you know, we had a large discussion not too long ago at UT University, Texas in Austin about the elders and trying to make them understand that every time we lose an elder, we're losing a pillar of what is keeping the prayers in its place because mm -hmm. that's our responsibility as elders. You know, that's why I get up at 4.30 in the morning to start the morning fire and to get everything because traditionally we believe that the fire has to be in place to greet grandfather's son when it comes up. And those prayers are set for the world and these are the intentions of keeping us healthy and in place. So it's, it's, it's like taking the energy of the sun and connecting with the fire so we may... Uh have that connection. I don't know anything about energy. <laughs> ah, we, we just talked about energy and how it slipped out about different, different we think because to us it's all about the vibration. It isn't about energy. That's why women do not drum yeah. when you're because the drum belongs to the man and the fire belongs to the woman. Yes. So anyway. Well it, it's funny uh, uh, during um, I think it's spring solstice uh, in the Pyrenees Mountains in France, there was a there was a group of people that would climb the highest mountains and light a torch at sunrise because they felt like they wanted to have the connection with the sun to begin that cycle of renewal. Hmm. Yeah, that's why we do most of our healing in the summer. 
when it's 100 degrees and stuff because that's what you're wanting is the cleansing of the heat and the fire from the sun when you're doing all of that. That's why sun dances are put in place in the middle of the summer. Wow. You know, all the ceremonies usually will be in that time frame too. If you told me a story, and I, I hope I'm not going to offend anybody, uh, that you saw somebody being buried where their only their head was appearing because they you were getting abuse or their abuse or their they were an abused person and that inner in that vibration was <laughs> <laughs> was getting grounded out of their body through that. Right. There's so many different types of ceremonies, but otherwise it's about the earth taking all the bad out of the person. And, you know, there's people there to monitor. I mean, we're not abandoning anyone and stuff like that. But, yes, it's about yeah. that. Mm. It's same as uh, rape victims. They are put into the ground, into the earth, to allow them to go back to where they need to and allow that nurturing to happen, to help. You know, yes. as we were talking about how important the navel is and mm -hmm. the counterclockwise. And, oh, you mean the back of the solar plexus? Right. Yes. To us, it's about the navel because this is the our navel. connection. Right. Okay. Different yes. location. I was talking about the back of the solar plexus, the Marika, because I, I had a conversation with her one day and I was always fascinated with the energy vibrations of the solar plexus. And she goes, oh, we used to just, we would work with people that's had a lot of traumas and literally we would start doing a counterclockwise circle at the back of their solar plexus and they would focus on their traumas and we would focus on their traumas and literally it would flow out of their body. And I'm like, wow, that's pretty cool. Uh, and, you know, sometime in the months later, I was going through a lot of sadness due to a breakup of relationship. And I started doing that with all the relationships I had and the sadness I had of the loss. Yes. And after I, I did it for six weeks, like whenever I was kid, you know, that could be driving down the road, uh, planting plants or sitting on the couch in actual meditation, but I would be unwinding and whether it be a trauma or a sadness or a shame or whatever the emotion, I would just be thinking of those stories and my feelings and I'd be unwinding. And, you know, six weeks later, I had a totally different relationship with relationships. I no longer was in that sadness. Right. Because to us, it's about gaining ourselves and releasing because when we are in relationships, we lose a part of ourselves. That's only natural. And that's why it's done that way. Sometimes it's done that way. And then like cord cutting or working with the breath is also another way, you know. So there's so many different ways on regaining ourselves again and gathering our strength. Mm -hmm. Right. And it's really So you're available for someone else. Yeah. Right. And, and I think the central thing that you've been talking about is you're connected to the elements, earth, fire, air, water. And uh, you're also having that integrative part that's integrated to those elements. 
And often our emotions are water in the way. Mm -hmm. They, you know, whatever that emotion is, um, it's these techniques that intervene. Yes, release. very much so. It's good stuff, folks. <laughs> yes, and so you are on United Public Radio Network, UPRN, and the UFO Paranormal Radio Network. We haven't talked about paranormal yet or UFOs yet. You know, uh, well, let, I have let, a story. Let, 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 you hang on to that story. I need to okay. finish my spill. And this is, <laughs> this is um, Becoming Quantum Conscious. I'm Bart Sharp at bartsharp.com. And um, we are on Roku, YouTube, Facebook, all around the world and out of New Orleans, Louisiana. And you have a story. <laughs> yes. Um, as we talked a little bit about earlier, I'm not a new ager. I don't understand that stuff. Um, especially all those, you know, young people like to use buzzwords. Anyway, but um, maybe a year year ago, no, it had been about maybe two years ago or something, I was invited to the powwow at the Hakaria Res. So I went with a friend down there and they do campouts. And so each person comes out and sets up their camps and has fire and we share foods and things like this. And then from there, you just go visiting all the camps. Mm -hmm. And then in the morning, the powwow takes place. So my friend went one direction and then I walked over to where all the elders were and they asked me if I wanted food and they had this huge fire going and I said, sure. So we were getting ready to get food and there was two men attending the fire and there's a water area not far from there. And then this elderly man that didn't talk much. We're not big talkers to us. The more you talk, the less you know. To us, it's important <laughs> that we listen. And he turned around and looked at me and he just looked at me with his eyes and he looks up to the sky. And I was like, okay, I look up and there's this giant light just hovering. And I'm just staring at it like, what, am I really seeing what I think I'm seeing? I, you know, I don't believe in UFOs. And I just thought, okay, this is weird. And then it just disappeared. It was mm -hmm. just the weirdest thing. It disappeared. And he turns around and looks at me. He says, once you see one, they will follow you. And I was like, oh, heck, that's scary. <laughs> I was like, oh, my goodness, this is scary. So anyway, we were eating um, fried bread with prairie dogs, um, tacos. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> they eat a lot of prairie dogs. Okay. But anyway, um, I, after I got home, six months later, I went to go put out my trash cans out in the night. And when I turned around, there's this big, bright, silvery light over on one side. And I'm sitting there going, oh, my goodness, it followed me. And it really made me a little nervous. So, yeah. Well, uh, they're probably there all along. But as uh, the, the uh, program director here at uh, United Public Radio Network, Joe Maltato, who is an expert in UFO phenomenon, to say the least, um, says... I like that word. Yeah, well, he is. He's a true expert about it. He's, yeah. He has more information, as well as uh, Michelle Derocher, uh, who has the Outer Beyond as a show here. Both of them are great shows. 
But Joe was saying that if you have some sort of relationship with them or they've worked on you or something, you're going to see them wherever you go. Uh, and other people who've had no experience with them will not see them. And um, so if you are seeing them and uh, all of this stuff, you're, you're dialed in and tuned in. You are one of them, so to speak. And friends, right when I go, <laughs> no, <laughs> yeah, she's thinking of going to France on a tour with me. Um, but I will see a glint of silver in the on a blue sky. It's always it has to be a blue sky. Clouds hide them, but I'll see a glint, and as soon as I focus, it's gone. But when I muscle test later, it always reads as a flying saucer. Of course, I photographed a lot of them. Uh, over the years. So I know they're there and uh, they're all in those experiences. And it's really kind of interesting and fun, in my opinion. Uh, but I'm the, it's just that kind of adventurous guy. <laughs> okay. Maybe that's why I'm on United Public Radio Network and UFO Paranormal Radio Network. I just fit in just fine uh, because that's so much about what this show is about. My show, of course, is um, a little bit different in that we talk about all forms of consciousness. And, you know, what? it's always so fascinating with me, with you, because the consciousness is about connection. It's connection to all the elements. And so we haven't really talked about water. Uh, and I think water is a very important element. And what I've learned from other cultures is that it holds memory uh, of a different memory. And I, I just wonder what your spin is on that. Uh, well, to us, water is our first medicine. Um, that's the way we see water and believe in water, because this is how we come into this world, is surrounded by this water. And so to us, it's very beautiful and very healing and how important it is to honor it and understand that it's cleansing as opposed to the wind. Mm. And what, what, how does the wind work? Well, the wind is different. Um, to us, you have, it's like the spider, you know, that's why the dream catchers have the spider mm -hmm. because the spider can be good and it can be bad because uh. the spider is a little bit like coyote, you know, anyway, the wind, <laughs> mm -hmm. the wind is very important and very powerful. My grandmother used to teach me how to capture the wind. And so that way, when you need the wind, you could use it to do healings or whatever it is. So it kind of transitions things. Very much so. The wind is very powerful. Is that... As opposed to the water, the water is very, it can, it's, to us, it brings renewal, mm -hmm. right? And the, the wind doesn't. The wind we believe that young people, you know, are sometimes the wind captures them. And that's why there's confusion. They don't know what to do with their lives. And, and I do see some people that will come to me and they are caught up in the wind. That's how we see them mm -hmm. because they can't seem to ever feel balanced and grounded because the wind has them. Wow. You know? So what advice do you give them? Um, I have different Teachers that I work with them to ground them and connect them back. But mm. with teenagers and stuff, that's different. We allow the wind to have them because 
it's about experimenting and seeing and hearing the world. Ah, right. That's good. That's good. It, it sounds like the coyote medicine has a little bit of element there and that that can trick you, but sometimes you need to be tricked. Yes. Yes. Like fooled <laughs> to take the right step forward. Sometimes. Yes. <laughs> well, each of us learn a little bit different. So yes, our medicines can be different. I make all different types of medicine, whether it's, you know, um, like you were saying, coyote medicine. These are the people that are a little on the, you know, so erratic. So you you gave me some bear medicine once. Yes. And but I'm just real curious. What what would coyote coyote medicine be? So the coyote to us would be you know people that have ADHD or autism. You know that focus is really hard for them to connect to. Oh, ADHD. Yes. Okay. And so also with autism and yes. things like this. And so they are functioning a lot different. And so the coyote is about also bringing everything in and centering because mm. the coyote, nothing gets past the coyote. You know, we he's, feel he's, that it was. He's, the a, he's at many places at once. Yes. But he also knows how to get things done. Right. Wow. Yeah. He's the one that put the stars in the sky. That's our story. Of, one of our stories of coyote. Yeah. I didn't know that story. Yes. There's many stories, you know, you know what's in news. No, I love those <laughs> stories. Uh, I just, I, 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 I have my own mythology books because it's really important to know these stories. Uh, it's just so ironic that you bring up the coyote because I haven't even heard this before. But one of my other teachers was talking about people with autism. And, and of course, you know, the autism um, consciousness it's very broad. It has many applications and it's growing very rapidly. Yes. And, and and we have to ask that symbology about, well, what does that mean for our whole society? Uh, and you could say, oh, it's the illness and the toxicity, and that may be true. But on the other side, maybe we need to see a bigger picture. Yes. You know, and maybe they're opening us to see that in the collective consciousness. Um, you know, I know like traditionally in our ways and our teachings is this is why we have asked for the physical body is to do our personal work here. And then once we cross over to the other side, then we're available to help anyone that might need help and things. Mm -hmm. And But sometimes to us, people can't wait to come back. And so they come back a little sooner. So there uh -huh. is confusion. Yeah. Uh, yes, um, and there is confusion in this day and age. So uh, even if you started asking for the frequency of the coyote and even asking, can I understand things I do not understand, that might be a way that you start inviting that spirit in. Is that a good way to approach it? No, because then I would use the roadrunner. The Roadrunner. Right. The Roadrunner is very connected to the earth. Ah. But the Roadrunner sees so much. Yes. And it's a quick mind. Yes. Huh. That makes total sense. Yeah. Uh, any any uh, books that you would recommend for people to learn more no, about? No. I'm sorry. 
I don't know very many books. Thank you. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> You're through stories. Words of mouth. <laughs> created and so we're not gonna see a yes, book, well, book um, coming out of you anytime soon. I'm trying. I am really working. I'm working really? more yes, I'm working okay. more on the food because I'm you know, we need to put the food back in place. Anyway, and then the second one that I'm also writing is all the plant spirits. Wow. Right. Because the plant spirit can be used also because to us, you know, you've taken a life and then you're using the spirit of that little plant. And how do you use it to journey with it and mm -hmm. to do the healing work with it? So how does a, I'm going to ask a dumb question. How does a plant have a spirit? It's alive. It's connected to the earth and it's connected to the sun. Mm. So it's alive to us. It, it's alive and it has a spirit. It doesn't have a soul. It's a spirit. Would that be kind of like a fairy spirit? I don't know what a fairy is. Okay. Yeah. Uh, we feel those vibrations in France of, of uh, spirits with the plants themselves. They, they seem to be more available there. Those, when you talk about those over there, and I was thinking about that because I've been doing a lot of praying for that trip, mm -hmm. you know, and I was thinking that I must take a lot of jelly beans jelly because beans. that's what we feed the entities. We feed them little jelly beans to keep them occupied and they have way they leave you alone and they stay out of your things. Ah. I don't know. That's what we do. <laughs> if it works, it works. <laughs> I don't try to question you. <laughs> You're going, if you want to carry bags of jelly beans, that's up to you. Yeah, it's, <laughs> just make sure your underweight and, and your, and your uh, baggage. I know. I already have everything planned in my head. I'm going to carry my tobacco. I'm carrying my jelly beans. Yes. So to us, the tobacco is all about asking permission. Mm. Right. And to us, you know, I'm going to a place that I don't belong. So I have to ask permission. Yes. To be there. Yes, and, and as, as Marika told me, I was about to embark on a journey to France, of course, and she gives me a couple of little Herkimer diamonds and says, we need to trade medicine, you know, <laughs> and so the medicine from the United States needs to come over to, to France to have this exchange. Yeah. And we're all a little more connected that way. Right. And so when I do ceremony with Mohawk, the women usually will give you the Herkimer diamond. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, there is a lot of Herkimers in right. that area of yes. the United States. Right. Wow. So we have two Herkimers that are firmly in France right now. Uh, someplace. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> they move around. It's it's really funny how crystals work. I, I always put them in caves and come back like months later and pick them up. And the crystals are always uh, have a higher vibration or a different vibration. Yes, I can imagine. Absorb it, absorb right. it. But one crystal seemed to jump out of my pocket, and I come back the next year and there it is on the ground. So it's it's funny how those right to us they don't they're not supposed to see daylight and i find it interesting that people have their crystals in their front yards or you know even driving around with them mm -hmm. yes and to me it's like well no they belong in the ground because that's where they came from so they need to be in that darkness 
Yeah. Mm. So what, what is the power? We're, we're having a, um, oh gosh, um, Clark Strand on the show who is writing a book on darkness. Oh. He'll be on in, in, in a couple of weeks. And I just wanted to ask you, why is darkness so important? Well, it's just the balance of life and acknowledging, but to me, we're suffering from the lack of darkness. Mm, that's yeah. what Clark says. Yes. And that's why when you said that, I thought he'd be interesting to listen to. Oh, yes. Uh, we're going to explore all of that with Clark Strand in uh, a few weeks. So I'm looking forward to that. He's a, quite a guy yes. with that. That sounds very interesting. Yes, yes. And I think to me, it's important that the young people listen and understand that because to me it's really important young people just i think sometimes they just hear something and they just grab it and take off running mm -hmm. and never understand like they will sit there and tell me oh you know my totem animal is the raven and not realizing how powerful the raven really is and how yeah. hard it is to try to maneuver with the raven because remember the raven is the one that stole the sun that's quite a job Yes. So that's how powerful he really is. Yeah. And so what could we learn from the Raven beyond that? How would you apply that? How careful you need to be, you know, because sometimes these animals are not, um, we like to say they're not your totem animal. You're their totem human. Mm, so they can work through you. Right. And you would also in kind of a way have the power of the sun in some well, no, I'm just meaning you have to be careful because then the raven is in control. Yeah. Yes. And so the qualities of the raven may come into your personality. Gosh, I hope not. <laughs> it's all about balance and knowing how to use different vibrations and frequencies in your life to uh, be able to make better choices become more of who you are is so much about what this is about. Um, and, and one of the things that um, always fascinated me with it is, is um, your connection with the stars. And you tell me, well, we're star people. Uh, that's, that's what we're really connected to. Right. Yes. I don't have a star story. So. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and this, this really applies that, you know, the Indians are ancient. I, I loved uh, reading the stories about the uh, Hopi uh, and the Zuni and that they were talking that they came out of the Grand Canyon, that they were rock people. And you think, well, how does a rock become human? But, Maybe it's the spirit of, the, of what rocks mean. I don't know. Everyone has different teachings. With us, the we are taught that Unsa, creator, is the one that put the mountain, has the mountains to give us the small rocks for us to gather our strength from because mm -hmm. he could see us struggling so hard. So to us, we don't come from the mountains or the rocks. Hmm. So to meditate with a rock is 
about learning how to be connected to your own strength and power with that. And, and it's all about vibrations. How many vibrations can you become? I, that I don't know. And yeah, to us, it's about being in the prayer. It's being in the prayer. How's yeah. that? Right. It's, you know, it's like our holy people or certain people that you meet that, you know, they are walking in that right path. It's about that intention. Every morning I tell my, you know, like young people always tell me, well, I'm always doing meditation. Meditation is fine, but to us, meditation ends up being singular. And we want you to be connected to your community and to be connected to the community is about being in prayer. And prayer is can be anything. And that's why, you know, the young people say, well, I don't know how to pray. Anything can be a prayer. You know, when you wake up in the morning, just say thank you. you know, thank you. I'm here another day. How can I be the best that I can be? Because every single day we have a choice. So it's a lot about setting intentions about where yes. you want to direct yourself. Yes. Which is funny because that means, well, what do you want to choose today? And you really have the power to have that. Yes. If you know how to guide right. yourself. Yes. So it's not about, oh, I'm stuck in this relationship or bad. Yes. Yeah. I think it's one of the hardest things for people, particularly in this society is, what do you really want to become and what are your dreams? Yes. And especially, you know, my young women that get themselves in a situation. And, you know, my mom was also very traditional and she always used to say, you don't say bad things about your husband or your partner, because when you say bad things, you're saying bad things to yourself because you allow this person to come into your circle. Mm -hmm. The circle is very important. But so what you should be saying is, what should I be learning and what should I be teaching? Yes. And what do they have to teach me? Even right. Though, what am I learning from this even person? Though they may and be that is irritating me. <laughs> right. You know, he's an egghead or whatever. It's like, okay, then send him on his way and say, I realize that's not the way I want to be. So I need to be a better person. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm always asking this question. What is right about this that I'm not getting? <laughs> And it's magical because when you ask a question, you, somewhere the answer's trying to get to you. Yeah. It's trying to show you what you want and what you're asking for. Yeah. Uh, and and that's how I would treat something like coyote. It's like, what is coyote medicine willing to teach me today, or what's that energy, that vibration, right, really showing to me in my awareness, right. If I do get a message, well, I may make a better choice. Yep. That's yeah. the beauty of it is knowing that you have choices. Indeed. Yeah. Yeah. So um, just thinking about, we got about three and a half minutes. Um, and I'm going to say that uh, spill again, but I want you to think of a question. I'm going to ask a question for you to think about. I'm getting all confused. What, what's a good animal totem for helping to have clarity? Any any advice? Oh, you're asking the question I'm now, asking, or are you? No, okay. I'm asking you this uh, person. For well, it's only because I work with this all the time. I work uh -huh. with the owl. Owl. Yes. So the owl is the big seer, the big healer. 
Yeah. The so, most powerful healer is the bear. Okay. Yes. So literally, I would be asking for the presence, but also maybe to feel what that vibration of a bear would be like for me. And then if you wanted to do become, healing work. Yeah. Okay. okay. Yeah. Just for the audience of right. how to do this. Type and the of bear medicine. to us is connected to the trees. To the trees. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Of course. So I want you to think about what is a message you like to give out to the world for better living today that we could maybe serve the planet better. And before you give the answer, I'm going to say this is Bart Sharp of Becoming Quantum Conscious at United Public Radio Network and UFO Paranormal Radio Network uh, on Roku, Facebook, YouTube, and other platforms all around the world, and also broadcasting out of the beautiful city of New Orleans, Louisiana. So what advice do you give to people? Um, I think to me, I always give advice to my young people because they struggle a little harder and it's and it's very difficult for them right now. It's very hard because they didn't grow up the way I did. And that is to understand that you're not alone. You're never alone. You're always surrounded by your ancestors or people like myself that were available for you. And two, to know that you have choices. Nothing is permanent. That's the beauty of life. Nothing is permanent. Hmm. That's a good thing to know. Yeah. And, and, and I think sometimes we get so big weights and we're pushing against it and we have to have that other point of view that this is just one section of the journey. And no matter where you're at, you know, if you're really desperate or you're feeling that something's impossible, it'll change. It always does. I think that's what what uh, living a few years on this planet teaches us. Aho. Aho. Aho means I have spoken. Yes. Yeah. So, Marika, I'm really happy to well, have you on the you show. Thank you so much for it's inviting been, me. <laughs> yes, it has been fun. It's never it did take boring. a while to get here because I'm so terrified of all of this and i'm like i don't know if i can do this but thank you thank <laughs> yes you. Uh, and and you can connect connect with marika at marika at of the earth healing dot org uh that's marika alvarado marika at of the earth healing dot org and uh check her out she's amazing and uh has this big message for the world so thank you thank you and we will see everybody next week at Becoming Quantum Conscious at United Public Radio Network. Until then, have a great week.